All right, here we are. Uh, welcome to the Dagger. If you're tuning in, uh, it's probably a weekend, and you're probably listening to this before Wild Card Weekend or not Wild Card Weekend. Divisional Playoff Weekend starts. Uh, I'm Justin Pierce here alongside uh, my guy, uh, the man in the house, Corey in the house. Yeah, Corey Kennedy. What's up? How are we doing? What up, what up? We're doing good here. Um, I just enjoyed a beautiful, it was a hot summer day, it feel like, in the middle of January out here in California. Um, so a good day. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed last week. We did a little different show um, where we, we got rid of our Dagger 5 and the usual segments, but we did a little, little just strictly NFL after the last week of Sunday football. And so we're going to go into more some fo- for more football. Um, quick couple shout-outs, too. Shout-out, JP. Kobe, year for you, 24. Happy birthday to you, man. Um, co-host with the most, host with the most. Um, thanks for riding with me since day one out in the lacrosse field. So uh, big sh- happy birthday shout out to you. I know I wish we could have done something like we did for my birthday back in May, but we got a lot of distance in between each other. And so crazy pandemic rolling on, but uh, happy birthday to you, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. More than yeah. uh, words can describe, it means a lot. Um, yeah, we'll definitely do something when we get when we get together at some point. Um, the sooner than later. Uh, I know it was a little bit of a humble brag for you for uh, to get an eighty degree uh, week for sure. I uh, freezing up here a little bit, but you know, uh, it's just the part of the grind. Mid January, what can you do? Um, but yeah, well, let's get to it. Let's get to the mm-hmm. let's get to the pod and uh, do a little bit of a rundown. So. Um, yeah, we're going to go over the NFL first ever NFL super wildcard weekend. Uh, that was a really, really fun weekend of football all along with the national championship too. We couldn't forget that part. We almost did. Good thing we didn't. Um, also the divisional round preview, we're going to go over all four games, uh, what we like and don't like about each team going in. And then our NFL coaching hires, too. We're going to go over some of the coaches that have been hired so far. Uh, there's, I think, half half the positions, almost half of the positions are full. Uh, three spots have been filled out of the eight openings, um, which is a quarter of the open, um, a quarter of the NFL teams have openings, which is crazy to think about. Um, this is a crazy time of year, too, for uh, – for NFL coaching uh, opportunities. So anyone who wants to get a coaching opportunity is going to go out and take it no matter what, whether they've been off for two years or are coming from college or, or was recently an NFL coordinator. It's always nice to see a new face in a new place, but let's, we're going to move on to um, the second half of the rundown, which is our um, jet fish talk. Um, Talks with fish is always a good time. Um, we get to go over some of the assistants that he hired along with the uh, grades given out for some of the transfers that he reeled in back from the transfer portal along with uh, some of the recruits so far that he's gotten. Right? He's gotten quite a big, uh, quite a few big names. So it's always nice to see Arizona get some big names uh, and the transfer portal. Also, yeah. we get to go over uh, Arizona basketball as well. What's up with them? Why are they not playing in the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament this upcoming, um, this 
yeah, in the, in the coming months for that matter. But uh, yeah, and we're going to go over our traditional Dagger 5, uh, Dagger of the Week, all that good stuff. Um, and then, our yeah, of course, our Dagger and no Dagger. But, you know, it's been a while. You know, holidays yeah. have been uh, quite a good treat for us. We're finally back. Uh, you know, had a little mini series last week or mini episode for that rather, but, you know, let's get started. Let's get to it. Um, we had the first ever super wild card weekend. I just want to say that it was, it was a blast to watch football and I can't thank the NFL enough for uh, giving us this opportunity to see three wild card games in one day. That's that is really awesome to see. Um, an, an additional seventh seed was added for the first time ever in the NFL playoff format. Um, I, I've mixed feelings about that, but I'll get into that later. Um, uh, the Bills beat the Colts by a field goal. Phillip Rivers down by one possession in uh, regulation. You know, same story, different tune. Uh, the, the Colts couldn't get it done. Uh, the Colts were in a really, really tight game. Probably going to be one of the best seven seeds ever to be in the playoffs, but you know it's just to be determined. So, also we had the Rams Seahawks. Rams Rams had John uh, John Wolford start. Wolfie. Uh, yeah, Wolf uh, Wolfman, and then Jared Goff replaced him as he went out with a pretty bad neck injury. I think it was. It was a pretty yeah. gruesome injury. Uh, Goff went in there, didn't really do that well, but Cam Akers had a heck of a game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see teams like that go, like, go in and out of the playoffs. They'll have a really, really good run game and then a strong defense. They didn't really need good quarterback play. So we might see uh, something coming up this week that we might, we probably haven't seen since last year. Uh, I'll tell you my predictions on that, on their game. Also, we had the, the, the football team hosting uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes, the football team. Um, yeah, so Tom Brady went in and uh, had a really, really dominant performance against the Washington football team's defense. They were, you know, one of the hottest teams coming into uh, the NFL playoffs, even if they ended up 7-9. and nine. It was always good to see um, – it's always good to see really, really – competitive football as they were the first seven and nine team actually to lose in a wild card game so the worst seven and nine team ever to make the playoffs and uh yeah they were the worst team ever to make the playoffs it's just that simple yeah. but our guy former xfl and aaf legend uh taylor heineke is uh he he, he balled out he balled out um had a couple nice plays, a really, really nice rushing, rushing touchdown in uh, that game. But, you know, it was all bucks, and it was all sudden done from there on out. But, um, yeah, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, Sunday had a really, really nice slate of games. I'm trying to think of what the morning game was. It was – Wow. Sunday morning was brain, uh, brain, was it Ravens, right? It was Ravens, right? Ravens, yeah. Ravens, Ravens Tennessee. Titans. Yeah. Yeah, good, sa good save on that. More saves than, uh, you know, I've had in the last year. But, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, 
Ravens, Titans, Titans um, choked against the Ravens at home. Ravens got their revenge against uh, Tennessee. Lamar Jackson had had, had some great runs, yeah. uh, threw, for under, threw for over 100 yards and rushed for over 100 yards, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he did have a really, really good game, though. It was nice. It was nice to see him uh, do his thing. Yeah, 130, uh, 136 yards rushing, one one touchdown. He broke off that big 40-yard touchdown to, yeah. to kind of – He had a sketchy pick in the beginning of the game, and he really kind of calmed everyone's – all the Ravens fans' nerves with that touchdown run. I believe it was on the third down, too, but he, he really – Lamar, it's, it seems like it's good to, almost a one-man show for him. Uh, it's going to have to be, it seems like. But go ahead, sir. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. Um, Bears dropped one to uh, the Saints. I think it was twenty-one to nine. Uh, both games that both teams were pretty boring in that one. Uh, Trubisky had a dime though. So one of the Bears receivers that was a pretty catchable ball. It went through his hands. Uh, that would have changed the whole game. It would have made it a one-possession game. And uh, let's move on to uh, the primetime game uh the Steelers and the Browns the Browns absolutely dominated the Steelers in a shocking uh shocking finish for sure um Big Ben threw for what was it 500 something yards um the Browns I mean Big Ben had like three turnovers four interceptions Mm -hmm. or something like that uh couldn't remember exactly what his stats were but he was he was he looked washed he will he looked done and you know, I it just you just hate to see it for a future Hall of Famer like that. But at the end of the day, Rivers greater than signed Big Ben, greater than signed Eli. Uh, roll Browns, go Baker. It's gonna be a fun, fun weekend of football. Sorry, Corey, for that subtle shot at uh, your boy. <laughs> but um, Eli, yeah, great. He's great on Twitter though. I gotta give him that. He has some. He has some he's really fantastic. Fella. He he has some fantastic tweets, and uh, he's, he's a big family man too. His son plays hockey. He love to see it. But um, yeah. So let's get started. Let's get started on uh, dissecting last weekend. Uh, what were your biggest? What were some of your biggest surprises uh, from last weekend? And who are your biggest disappointments? Well, it was crazy because so, you know, I've been ever since I've been a football fan, I've been picking games to, you know, who's going to win with the spread, no spread, this and that. But I, I think for the first time in maybe my whole football career, I guess, you know, picking career, career, I went 7-0 with the, the picks. So I was like, I, you know, we put out, if you saw it on our Instagram, we put a little, a little playoff bracket in there with our scores. And, and if you, if you include the national championship game, I got, I, with Bama, I rolled, rolled it 7-0. So I was like, dang. So I guess, um, I was my biggest surprise that I picked. I know I should. I know I should. I didn't make a single bet, and it's always the ones that you bet on you lose. I feel. I feel like, but um, yeah, yeah, I didn't make any bets on that. But um, you know, I think my biggest fear was the Ravens and the Browns pick. Um, you know, we weren't sure what who what Lamar Jackson we were going to get. He, he's had a zero and two record. Uh, you know, one of the you know, the Chargers went. The Chargers lost. You, you, you know, you can't get on him too bad for that one uh, coming in to taking Joe Flacco's spot. I think he got booed by his home fans. Um, so just had a brutal performance. The Chargers really clamped him on that. 
Uh, and then the, go back to last year, Ravens looked to be a lock for the AFC title game, maybe if not the Super Bowl. And boom, uh, Lamar just and the receivers and, and company just did not play well. And so here we are. We have the revenge game, Titans, Baltimore. I was going to roll with Lamar, and, and it, it panned out. Um, and then the Browns were just insane. Um, we kind of knew that the Seattle and the Steelers were these incredibly hot teams that have almost, you know, the wheels have kind of been falling off, though. Um, and so after the Steelers went 11-0, Seahawks went off to a great start. Um, so just the Steelers losing – in that fashion was probably my biggest surprising there's most surprising thing um i mean you can make a case that was the dagger of the century that just from the first play first drive for the steelers the ball gets snapped over uh i mean big ben six five you, you know they, they, they don't call him big ben for no for no reason and the ball shoots over his head you know clearly uh james connor and big ben did not play lacrosse because they didn't have a man ball situation i don't know if you guys do you remember that play uh, or go check it out. They both went for the ball in the end zone. They didn't seal off the man. They, no one called man ball. So boom, they both missed the ball. Boom, Browns land on the end zone. Land on the ball yeah. in the end zone. So yeah, those are my two biggest um, kind of close games, um, or you know, kind of questions that I had that were answered. So yeah, how about you? I uh, I didn't go undefeated. I went five of seven on the week. Um, had Alabama in a close, close win, but that was obviously not the case. I had Ohio State with the spread, and then, um, yeah, I had a couple upsets that I picked too. I picked Pittsburgh to beat Cleveland, that didn't turn out well. And same with Washington, they were close. I think he was, uh, the, the magic was there, but I just, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was a very, very close call in that game, and you know, who knows? Maybe if Heineke wins, me and Corey are tied for picks that week. So who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I, I would have to say the biggest surprise for me that week, um, this past week was Cleveland, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they came out and the way they played and the way they just came out and dominated the Steelers, no one was expecting that. I mean, they didn't have a head coach. They were missing a, a couple of assistant coaches. The special teams guy was uh, their head coach and they were missing a couple of linemen and they I think uh, Baker Mayfield was saying something in the postgame interview and he was saying that it was one of the linemen came in and he introduced himself as Blake and you know it was someone yeah. that he met just that night so that's crazy um, like it's I mean it's crazy to say that I mean that that happened for them like the Browns were so short-handed everyone was counting them out. It seemed like, I mean, like it was just, I mean, the crazy thing about it was though, was, was that Kevin Stefanski head coach for the Browns was watching this all in his basement while he was recovering from COVID and the stream was 45 seconds behind. So everybody was just freaking out in uh, upstairs. Like I think it was his um, wife and kids and stuff like that when they were watching the game and like he knew when a play a a bit a big play was coming so it was really nice to see uh the browns do well and really come out on top but i mean the biggest disappointment i think on the weekend and no one really talks about this a lot um i'm gonna have I, i think i have uh code disappointments unfortunately i'm gonna go the nfc disappointment which was 
the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson was getting a lot of praise at the beginning of the year for being an MVP candidate. And people were all saying how, like, he didn't have a single vote for MVP throughout his whole career. And, you know, now we know why. I mean, he didn't play well at all. Um, he didn't pass for – I think he passed, like, for, like, 124 yards or something really, really bad. But, yeah, yeah, he he did not play well at all. And I was really disappointed to see him get absolutely shredded in the playoffs. But who knows? Maybe it's the Rams' defense, or maybe it's just wow. Excuse me. Maybe it's just Russell Wilson being um, having having a bad bad leg in the playoffs. So um, yeah, I was really disappointed by that. And then also AFC disappointment, and it's not the Steelers actually, because the Steelers were playing terrible before that um, going into the playoffs. They lost like four or five, four or five, or something like that. But I'm going to say the Titans. And the Titans didn't execute their game plan. Uh, Derrick Henry, Henry was really just locked up. I mean, he had one of the lowest rushing totals of the season. And the week before against the Texans, against the Texans he rushed for like 200-something yards um, and got over 2,000 yards on the, in the regular season. And that's the first time that's happened since uh, Chris Johnson did it when he was a Titan back in 2008. And uh, it was really just, it was really just kind of weird to see uh, Derrick Henry get stuffed on third and twos and third and shorts. And, you know, like Mike Vrabel too, punting on fourth and short on the, on the other team's 40 yard line. Uh, that was also very strange to see like in a playoff game with like five minutes left. But um, yeah, I was, I was very surprised by that too. Like just, overall how the game went but uh for the titans i was really disappointed in the offensive efforts obviously but defense the defense surprised me i mean they didn't have they don't have pass rushers anymore uh jadavion Kwani being a elite pass rusher is out the window i don't think he had a single stack at all this year uh which is pretty disappointing and like their pass rush got really exposed when deshaun watson went off against them in week 17 so um yeah, it's. I was really disappointed in the Titans and the way they came out. So. Yeah, the you bring up some great points there with Seattle. I'm. It's gonna. Ha- I have to figure out what happened. What exactly happened with this with the Seahawks? But after such a great start, but uh, and then what happened to Derrick Henry in that playoff game? Um, it's it's just it's crazy how the Ravens. You know, as credit to the Ravens defense, or maybe Derrick Henry wasn't ready that day, or just something was off about it, uh, or they just. Ravens had a great game plan, but um, probably a combination of those things. But I'm really going to have to f- try to figure out, you know, what exactly – it seemed like Tyler Lockett disappeared for the Seahawks, and um, Jalen Ramsey was able to lock down DK Metcalf when he was going one-on-one against him. So, yeah, that Seattle one is is definitely um, – for Seattle fans out there, it's, it's just they're probably all puzzled. And, I mean, the Rams have one heck of a defense, though. Uh, and it's gonna they're gonna have to squeeze out every little ounce to to be the to be Green Bay coming up. But um yeah, so that that was just an overload of playoffs games that they were just high stakes games that were awesome to watch. Um and uh you know it almost overshadowed the national championship game, which was crazy that you know it got bumped into a Monday 
5 p.m. Um, and, you know, after all these, after six amazing NFL games. So it was just probably the most ideal uh, football weekend for uh, football fans in general. But, uh, yeah, that was just what, – what a weekend. What a weekend last weekend was. Let's, let's, let's do another one. Let's do another biggest surprise option. I'm going to ask you what the biggest surprise was on the weekend. The way the Steelers came out against the Browns and just fell completely flat on their face in the first half, or the fact that Devontae Smith was being guarded by a linebacker in the first half of that national championship, and he totaled the whole Ohio State defense. Yeah, that – oh, man, that that was if – you, if you guys haven't seen that play where – go, go back and watch it, where Devontae Smith did just – I don't know if it was just a complete defensive collapse or assignment miscue, but it, a linebacker was just struggling to even keep his head up, and Devontae Smith is just gliding into the end zone uh, for, I think it was a 30-plus yard touchdown or 40-yard 40, 40 touchdown. But, yeah, that was just that was just insane. Devontae Smith is a special, special talent. And, uh, you know, I think he, he came back for a year to, to graduate, um, and, and I think that he's going to be – he's going to – going to affect positively he's done some amazing things at Alabama including two national championships now catching the game winner uh to uh, dropped a dime um and so I believe that was against Georgia I want to say um and so that was just DeMonte Smith is so special such a special player yeah and I mean he was just he's just he I hope he goes to the Jets honestly he needs to they need weapons uh, Jay Crowder is nice, but he's not a number one receiver. Um, they had Robbie. They don't even have Robbie Anderson anymore. I mean, the, the Jets need help. They, the Jets need to build around Darnold. And um, they have the right head coach now to do it, which is what we're going to go into next. So, um, yeah, actually, we're not going to go into that next. Sorry, brain freeze. We're going to go over um, divisional playoff um, opponents first, but – um, yeah, it was a little bit of a brain freeze there, everybody. My my apologies, but um, yeah, we're gonna go over that in a little bit. But yeah, in the meantime, we're gonna talk about um, the first matchup of the NFL divisional round weekend. Um, I may have said wild card before. Wow, that's bad. Um, divisional round weekend is um, first matchup we get is the Rams at Lambeau taking on the Packers. Um, the Rams were the six seed, I'm pretty sure, and the Packers are the one seed. Yeah. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup um, for both teams because Jalen Ramsey is going to be guarding Devontae Adams uh, to, on during this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to that matchup because of um, just seeing the best receiver in the best corner in the game going at it and. I mean, it's the first game we get, and it's a treat. So, I mean, you can't really ask for much more than that. But I'm really, I'm really interested to see how Sean McVay utilizes that offense and um, how much he runs Cam Akers tomorrow, and seeing how much Jerry Goff throws the football. I mean, hmm. I, I feel like every year we see, I think we always see like one quarterback go into the playoffs not being the sole responsibility to why they get there. Um, for example, we'll use Jimmy Garoppolo as that example. And they had Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert in that backfield last year that carried them to the Super Bowl. Also, Derrick Henry, too, against um, against the Ravens. Uh, Brian Tannehill didn't even throw for 100 yards. And 
divisional round against the um, Ravens last season. So it's really interesting to see how how much running backs can carry uh, carry a franchise during throughout the playoffs. And I think we can probably see that this year with um, Cam Akers carrying Jerry Goff. I mean, yeah. Jerry Goff. I mean, got to the Super Bowl because of Sean McVay's scheme a couple of years back, but he also Todd Gurley is back there, and they had uh, who is it? C.J. Anderson, also. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they had him. him. Yeah, yeah, like they had him, and like I mean, they had a really, really good. They did a good job in that backfield, and I mean, it wasn't the, he wasn't the sole responsibility to why they got there, and I think we see that now with great quarterbacks is that they're the sole reason why they get there to the Super Bowl. Example, Mahomes. Mahomes got pull off some incredible comebacks in the playoffs last year. Um, more like anything else. I think we're gonna see that we've seen that with Rogers before getting to multiple NFC championship games, but he's never been carried by the run game either. And they still have a solid running back in Aaron Jones. And I just like I think the I, I just like the Packers fairly by like I think by a field goal in this one. I don't really know. I might switch back and forth uh uh throughout the episode but i'm really really <laughs> stuck on this game now yeah it's a tricky one it said at six um plus, uh, minus six for green bay um or six and a half depending on where you're betting at um so that that half is going to be it's going to carry a lot a lot of weight right there i think um i was just looking at the weather in green bay um and uh they're traveling to lambeau field tomorrow or they're already there probably um the uh the weather though it's it's looking like it's going to rain or it's going to snow tonight there in green bay and um it's going to be game time weather about like 30 35 degrees in that range and good old Aaron Rodgers he he can thrive in the snow and you think you might think that he's just going to hand the ball off but no we we saw a snowy game earlier this year against the Titans Sunday night football i believe it was and Aaron Rodgers thro- dropped three touchdowns to Devontae Adams alone and I don't know how many he ended up with the game overall, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just built for the cold weather now. And golf, I don't know golf stats on cold weather games or even snowy games, but I don't know if he's played in that many either. So um, I think that's, and that, you know, broken thumb, he uh, he was practicing with, with wearing gloves on, uh, but I think both hands and practice this week to get used to that. And, you know, with a surgically repaired thumb a couple weeks ago, and in, in that cold weather, it's just going to be tricky to avoid, you know, any type of cramping or he's got a metal rod in that finger or a metal pin in that finger. So it's just going to, and Cooper cup is, is questionable uh, as of now. I think he might get in there just to, just because it's, you know, it's, it's winter go home, you know, implications. And even if he's 50%, get him in there. Uh, he's a, he's one of their most, most lethal weapons on offense. And, just get him in there to to mess up defense the defense. So, um, but that Rams defense headline with Aaron Donald, uh, just just an absolute beast as as we all know by now. But he's he's not a hundred percent either. He had a rib injury against Seattle last week, and so it's going to depend on you know if if Aaron Donald can get to Aaron Rodgers, and so it's going to be Aaron versus Aaron uh, going at each other, and um, and so yeah, that's going to be. That's going to be tricky. So defense, Rams defense stack, they score points too. They score, they score, they, 
they thrive off pick sixes, it seems like, too, the last couple of weeks. Uh, so it's going to be a very tricky one, I think. But I think Green Bay is going to have the upper hand in this one in the cold weather with the better offense. Um, if you look at in the last 20 years, there was a stat on ESPN. If you look at the number one offense versus number one defense, the defense actually has the upper hand. So that was an interesting stat to kind of add to the fold uh, of this. I believe there's three and one uh, in the last 20 years. So one of the most notable ones was the Broncos Seahawks in the Super Bowl, and Broncos got destroyed in that game. Uh, so, which was very interesting to see. So I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers can get it done. Um, it's going to be for 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 uh, for Green Bay. Yeah, and I also have to remember too, like. Green Bay's rush defense isn't that great, and Rams running the ball right now are 100% on top of it. So I gotta give them credit for yeah. that. But yeah, That's it's gonna, if you're, I mean, if you're, I'm gonna just, I mean, if you're a better out there, uh, Rams plus six, I would probably buy the extra point if I were you. But um, Rams plus seven tomorrow would be a great, great bet. Um, I, it'll, de- it'll definitely be a really close game. I I don't see this being a shootout at all. Uh, it might snow like it is here in North Dakota. If that's the case, it's definitely going to be a low-scoring game. And I can really see the Rams uh, having a chance at pulling off the upset. I think we get one of those teams every year, like I said earlier, um, that just has a really strong run game. It, it elevates them to the conference championship. So. Yeah. 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 The last snow game, uh, what the Titans game was talking about 40 to 14 Packers won that one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had four TDs, 231 yards. So, um, yeah, Rodgers can just, he's a beast. He's having a great year too. It kind of, almost kind of an under underrated year too, the last couple of years. Um, so, so I think though, I could see it as far as the game, just because the Rams defense is so solid. Uh, I don't think it will be, a blowout in that fashion, that 40 to 14 style. I think I could see it being pretty close up until the third quarter. And then the Packers just slowly start chipping away. Um, but it's going to come down to Jared Goff too. If Jared Goff can just keep his offense tracking down the field and get in the end zone uh, and that defense, I just don't see Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers throwing any pick sixes though, uh, or having any crazy plays, fumbles or uh, stuff like that. So um, they are, they did have that last week off though. So and and Rams are coming off a super big time win, gained a lot of momentum, beating Seattle. So it's going to be a fun one. These these all these games are just as fun as they were last week too. And um, so we'll have a lot more to to, to uh, discuss here still. Definitely. Um, yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, the second game of the weekend: Ravens and the Bills. Uh, the Ravens are coming in as two and a half point underdogs against. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, they won nine straight going into the postseason. They beat Indianapolis last week. Kind of let them hang around a little bit. And they, I mean, that's pretty typical when you're in, a, in, in the playoffs against a really good team. Uh, Buffalo has fans now, so it's going to be a really rowdy uh, 7,000 or however many that are going to be in the um, – at the Bills Stadium, it's going to be really rowdy for sure. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I really like, I really want to pull for the Bills in this situation, but I simply can't. And I think it's because Lamar Jackson is 
also playing his best football right now. And his his ceiling is already it's already much much higher than Allen's. And I'm 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 talking about as, as an overall football player. I'm not talking about as a thrower because Allen has those attributes already dialed in. He's improving every single year. I'm talking about like yeah, Lamar is a football player. He can get it done for the Ravens, and their rushing attack is really nice. I mean. Um, I don't really see the Bills um, pulling off. I, I don't really see the Bills winning this game, if I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes the Bills throughout the season pull off some duds, uh, like Kansas City, for example. Uh, they also fell really badly to Tennessee earlier in the season. Um, Tennessee, like Tennessee also, um, yeah, Tennessee destroyed the Bills and then I mean, the Ravens just beat the beat Tennessee at home or on the on the road this past week. So, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with the Ravens. I just like them. Uh, their defense has also really impressed me too. Uh, they held the, the rush defense was unbelievable. Um, I don't know if that's gonna be that much of a factor, but their defense is gonna really step up. I think on Saturday and keep this one a really close game. I like the I like the Ravens in this game. Yeah, this is going to be um, a, a great shootout too. Um, you know, almost I think it gets feels similar to that Ravens Browns uh, Monday Monday Night Football game where you're just running up the score. Um, and so that that's going to be I think it's all going to come down to because the guys on the Bills Buffalo Bills have been balling out this year, and you know with all the weapons they have on the team, it seems like they're there everywhere every week to play. Um, but you look at the Ravens and Lamar needs a lot. Of, he needs I don't, I don't know if you want to word it. He needs his receivers to step up or he needs more help. seems like a little bit of both, but it's going to come down to, I think Hollywood Brown. And if the tight end Mark Andrews can kind of step it up a little bit, get, get last week, he had 41 yards receiving. He's kind of taken a, a step down this season. It seemed like uh, as far as giving Lamar that help and being that go-to target red zone target. Um, and so, but Hollywood Brown though, he had a, he had 100, 109 yards receiving, no touchdowns, but he he what he got he got pegged for being uh he's kind of getting known as a guy that drops a lot of good balls that, that Lamar throws to him. So um it's like it he caught some great catches too that that uh he normally would have dropped the year before the year before that. But here we are. He had a great game, 109 yards. If he can get in the end zone and just keep the score going up, and uh and so I think that's the key for the Ravens to get this done. Um, you know, they scored 20 points last week against Tennessee. I think, uh, you know, Buffalo scored 27. So um, I want to say, I said, I think the teams actually underperformed last week a little bit too, as far as their score scoring wise. Um, but I think just because of the year that Buffalo's having and the, the year that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are having, I think I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll a Buffalo on this one. Um it's a three-point spread to minus three Buffalo. It's, it's going to be a close game. Uh, it could come down to a missed field goal or, uh, you know, a, a missed red zone opportunity. So it's going to be it's going to be one heck of a game. Um, probably, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly excited for all these games, but definitely in my top two that I'm most excited for. So, uh, but I'm going to roll a Buffalo on this one. Bills Mafia, uh, rowdy, rowdy fans. Good time. I wish we could see Bill Ma- Bill's Mafia in full effect, but that's just not the case this year. But we'll get a small percentage of that. Um, <laughs> small small shenanigans. Uh, but I'm gonna roll with Bills on that one. 
Yeah, and the Bills also are allowing 120 plus rushing yards a game, and that was similar to what Tennessee was allowing per game too. So, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. The rushing attack yeah. is going to be very, very vital for the Ravens. And if they don't execute, I mean, it's game over. Their Buffalo secondary is going to be nice. Um, but I got yeah, I'll have I'll have scores I think throughout the episode, but um. Yeah, okay. 1913 is what I'm thinking for uh, the Ravens game. 1913 Ravens. Okay, cool. So, yeah, let's move on to uh, – I think this is the two best games are on Sunday. So, we're going to talk about pro- probably one of the biggest rematches that no one – or some people have talked about, but not everyone is talking about. Uh, Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that classic 2016 Big 12 matchup where Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners defeated the Texas Tech Red Raiders 66-59 to in a one of the highest scoring games in um, college football history. I think there was over 1,700 total yards in that game, too. Fun fact. So, um, one interesting story too that I heard from uh, Peter Schrager from NFL Network was that Baker Mayfield was one of the players that convinced uh, Patrick Mahomes to go to Texas Tech because Baker Mayfield was at Texas Tech too. Uh, he wa- I, I believe he walked on as a, as a true freshman. Um, he wanted Mahomes to join the team when Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach. So tie that tie that all into a circle and see where I'm getting at here. So uh they Baker convinced Mahomes to go and um yeah, he he convinced him to walk on, uh or not walk on, to he convinced him to commit to uh Texas Tech. Uh Mahomes did and then Baker and Pat Mahomes played video games all night when <laughs> he came for the visit. Um since they're they both are from Texas, but um it was always Baker's dream to go play Oklahoma, and that was one of his favorite teams growing up, and he ended up transferring there. Um, that, this had nothing to do with Mahomes, too. Baker was um, – yeah, Baker was um, having trouble winning the starting job as a true freshman and uh, ultimately thought he, it was the best decision for him to go to Oklahoma and be with Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops. Uh, I think it was Bob Soups at first, and then Lincoln, Lincoln Riley took over um, once he retired. But it's really interesting to see how that all paved out. Like they were best buddy, like they were like they were teammates at one point, and then yeah. Mike Baker made that decision to um, go elsewhere. And you know, they played in the they played in the game, they played against each other in a game, and then um, Texas Tech student section. Uh, <laughs> fans all wore shirts that said traitor on it because of uh baker and what and what he did he was like 27 i i, I gotta remember the stats but mahomes threw for like 757 or something like that it was something absurd he threw oh like 88 passes and mayfield was like 27 to 36 for like 550 and threw seven touchdowns and no picks like he was he was a monster that game too. And like he had NFL talent around him. He had uh, Cincinnati Bengals running back Joe Mixon and also um, 
Baltimore Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews. Like, he loves the tight end game. Like, the Cleveland's sacked up at that position, too. So, it's going to be very interesting this this time around because Mahomes has the weapons now. Like, Mahomes has, like, lost to Baker before. And Baker has much more talent than he did at Oklahoma. Like, he had a lot of talent yeah. at Oklahoma. There's a lot of four-star, five-star recruits that went there. But... This Cleveland team is just so different, and I can't explain why. Like, they have a two-headed monster at running back. Like, I, I said that earlier about the Rams. Like, they, like there's always two teams every single week that um, – like, there's always two teams that move on to the conference championship that are just carried by running backs. Like, it was the Titans and the Niners last year. And – this time around, I think it could be as crazy as it sounds. Like I think it could be uh, the Browns and the Rams, like being carried by the running game. As crazy as as crazy as that sounds, um, but Kareem Hunt and just Nick Chubb are just the two-headed monster that they need in the backfield. Austin Hoopler and David Njoku also uh, double in the double tight end set. Um, Jarvis Landry, he hasn't really begged for the ball that much. I mean, Odell's more of that type, which is why Baker forced the ball to Odell a lot uh, when he was healthy. But um, Jarvis isn't that guy, but he's super reliable for Baker, and that's going to help him a lot in in some of these playoff games. And it's just so interesting to see that Cleveland's a 10-point underdog to – uh, Kansas City too, and Kansas City hasn't played good in like the last month. Yeah, they haven't played like yeah. they haven't covered the spread in like the last seven games. So like for them to be ten point <laughs> favorites is absolutely baffling. And like I know that's a crazy stat to think about, but it's just like how do you like how do you like how are they just gonna turn it on? I know Andy Reid's really good off of a bye, but like I don't know, man. This is this could be a very interesting game. It could be a slugfest. I could I could see the Browns covering. I they may even win the game. Who knows? It's Man. just all it's it's going to come down to which defense steps up. And like I know Mahomes is ama- amazing and stuff like that, but Baker lives for the underdog moment. He's a he's done that his whole life. Like he when he was a walk on, when people doubted him for being the number one pick when he came to Cleveland and everyone thought he was going to be Manziel. Like he lives for this type, for these types of moments, man. I listen, I'm going to pick him. I'm, I'm going to pick them for the upset. Ooh, I'm going go. to, that's the, I, like I think, I think we get two upsets this weekend, um, two real upsets. And I, I think those are it. I, I, I as crazy as that sounds. Dang. Yeah. So going back to your, your storyline about Oklahoma, Texas tech, uh, Oklahoma won 66, 59, uh, Mahomes threw for 734 yards, like you were saying. Mayfield, five, 545, which is just mind-blowing. Seven, seven, 1,708 yards total of offense, which is mind-blowing. Um, but, yeah, so that's a storyline that I think has kind of been buried a little bit, seems like. I think one of the biggest ones has been uh, the Green Bay, Green Bay and the Rams with LaFleur, LaFleur and um, uh, Sean McVay coaching together in um, – with the Rams and now they're going to be coaching against each other as head coaches now. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to one to see as well, seeing them go to head to head. But yeah, the Baker and Patrick Mahomes thing is, is big time stuff. 
And uh, like, I think if you're betting this game, uh, definitely take the 10 points. Like, because Patrick Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs have played down to their competition a lot this year. And almost they've been a little bit too close to call uh, or a little bit too close for comfort a lot of times. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they only one loss on the year, but it's, it's just, they had a lot of close games. Uh, and so I would take the 10 points. I think that's pretty generous uh, by the, by the, by those uh, head honchos out in Vegas uh, for getting the 10 points. But uh, yeah, so it's going to be a lot, I think for the Browns to overcome this one. Um, but the 10 points, if you're getting plus 10, I, th- I can see this being a three to six to seven point game uh, in the favor of Kansas city. I do love this as an upset pick though. This, this could be big time. Um, just last year, the chiefs were down 24 0 to the Texans and the Texans just fell apart with a mega lead. Uh, it looked like chiefs couldn't even throw the ball down the field. Somehow they ended up coming back and winning that one. So the fourth quarter rallies are a big a real deal for the chiefs in their favor. And I think it could come down to something like that. Uh, Browns have been, you know, they started the game 28-0 against the Steelers. So Chiefs can actually come back. They're like the, the dynasty warriors where you couldn't feel safe uh, unless you're up by 40 points, 30 or 40 points. Uh, but uh, the Chiefs are kind of that similar vibe where they can come back from anything and they can they can win by anything, it seems like almost. Um, and so it's just what version of the Chiefs are we going to get, uh, you know, do the Browns have a chance to hold off a, a, you know, an early lead and, and hold off a comeback from the Chiefs? So that, this is one heck of a game, too, and, and great point to bring up the Texas Tech-Oklahoma game uh, reference. That, that's something that I, I forgot about that, so that, thanks for bringing that up. And I think that's a great storyline to follow, Baker and Patrick Mahomes. So, But I'm going to roll with the Chiefs on this one just because I think that they can get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And so I just – I, but, I mean – Honestly, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have I don't have a team to root for this playoff, and so it's like I'm just here for the, the most insane games, whatever whatever that might be, that outcome might be. I'm just here for for that. Browns upset, I'm all for it. I'm <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be insane, and I don't know if we're ever gonna get to that point in 2021 where we agree on a game because we have had all three different picks so far. Um, let's get yeah. to our last game and get to the showdown of the century. It seems like the Bucks and the Saints in the divisional round. History Channel. On Brady <laughs> versus Drew Brees. Who would have ever thought we would say that in uh, wow. in the playoffs? That's pretty crazy. But um, just imagine though, if like hypothetically, if Tom Brady got to the NFC Championship game in his first year, leaving Belichick. Like, man, imagine that. And Belichick went seven to nine this year, so it's not like he has any leverage over Brady anymore. I mean, everyone left to go play with Tom Brady, like former Patriot Rob Gronkowski. Gunkrau- uh, uh, God, Rob Gronkowski. Wow, that was bad. And former Patriot Antonio Brown too. Um, I know he played one game, but he's still a former Patriot. I mean getting Tom the guys that he wants in his lineup. I mean, that's big. Like, I, it's just, it's going to be, it's, it's so hard to pick this game because Tom Brady is the most competitive guy, competitive player I've ever seen play a sport in the entire world. 
and it's not yeah. close. And Drew Brees is on basically his last season, and Drew Brees doesn't want to go out with without without another Super Bowl ring. I mean, right? Like he doesn't want to. Like Peyton Manning had this happen to him during his last year, or like the Broncos ran their way through uh, through the playoffs and they beat. Um, who they beat? They beat someone in the divisional round that wasn't very good. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they beat the Pats in the AFC Championship. Uh, they beat they beat the uh, Panthers in the Super Bowl. This is a weird game, man, because Peyton Manning beat Peyton Manning did beat Tom Brady in his last season in the AFC Championship game. Drew Brees is probably going to do the same thing. Peyton Manning did this. Peyton Man- this is crazy to think about. Peyton Manning beat Tom Brady in the playoffs on his way to his second ring. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. with his second team, by the way, Drew Brees beats Tom Brady on his way to um, to his second ring with his second team. Ah. <laughs> So hard to pick this game. I was leaning on the Bucks at first, but I got I got to roll with the Saints, man. The Saints yeah. are going to come marching in. They have the best roster in the NFL. Alvin Kamara is a beast. Probably should have gotten considered for MVP. Hmm. Uh, Drew Brees isn't really playing that great either. He's, I mean, it's just it's so hard to pick that game. But like, if the Saints win, it's a destiny game. Like, because they're not, there's no way they're going to lose after losing at the buzzer three, four straight years in a row. And there's no way that, it, like, I mean, if they do go to the Super Bowl, I mean, it's only destiny that they play the Rams on the way yeah. to the, on the way to the Super Bowl, right? Because oh, they, they need payback. They need yeah. payback from two years ago when they got, the, when the PI call wasn't called on them. I'm going to go with the Saints, man. This is a destiny team, and I picked them to win the NFC at the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm I'm going to roll with them, man. It's it's all yeah. about Drew Brees, and it's all about the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady's great and all. We all know how great he is. His legacy is basically solidified um, as one of the greatest ever. But this is Bree- this has to be Brees' year, man. I, I'm really excited for this game. I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints. Saints, okay. Yeah, and I think as far as the roster-wise, yeah, this team, Saints are stacked just all over the place. And they're getting Michael Thomas after one of the craziest years where he played one game. He finally got his first touchdown of the year against Chicago last week. And it, oh, and it was on the Nickelodeon broadcast. He got slimed, virtually slimed <laughs> uh, on the uh, in the end zone out of the pylon. That, that was crazy. That, uh, but shout-out to Nickelodeon for doing that for the kids. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, NFL gained some more fans uh, from, you know, from from that broadcast. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and you look at the quarterback position, you have Drew Brees, Hall of Famer. You have um, Taysom Hill, who they've been working in, in and out of, you know, for the last three years, I think, three, four years. Uh, and he started games this year, too, at quarterback. And you have Jameis Winston, too, that, you know, you could cycle these guys in at any point you want to. Um, some people kind of question what Sean Payton did last week where he put Taysom Hill in. He threw it. He threw. He had a. He didn't throw an interception, but it was a. It was tip. It was a tip ball, and then it got. It was either a fumble recovery or interception. But so people were kind of confused by that. What 
what what they're using Taysom Hill for now um, when he goes in at the QB position just briefly. But yeah, they're they're just stacked. Um, Kamara just you know just such a beast. Even Latavius Murray is just you know he's one of the best backups. I think he could be. I, he he deserves a starting job somewhere. I think he he's he's an underrated running back, and I think that he's been a backup for a lot of people. But um, and so they're they're just stacked like you were saying. Um, but just that, I mean, if you look at playoff luck, playoff greatness, and you look like and you look at playoff uh, bad luck. This is this is the these are just two of the perfect you know poster poster boys for this game. It, the Saints the last few years they've had the miracle in Minnesota with Stefan Diggs getting a walk-off touchdown. Uh, you have the, um, the Rams, no call pass interference. One of the most probably crazy, you know, probably one will go down in one of the most crazy uh, games decided by a ref, you know, in that situation. And then last, last year you have uh, Kyle Rudolph uh, just went over the defender, uh, the Saints defender won the game there. I can't remember if it was overtime or it was, late in the fourth quarter um, to solidify that game, but and Tom Brady with his rings and, and everything like that. Um, but, and you talk about Belichick and Brady separated this year, you know, Brady's had more success so far, but you know, you can't knock down Belichick that much because, you know, you, you need the players, you, you know, I think this proves that you need the players to, to get those rings. And, and Tom Brady was that perfect player for Belichick. And I think, they work so perfectly together and uh, they're both great. You know, you can't, you can't say one's bad ones, you know, one's good. They're, they're both great in their field, but uh, Tom Brady just got out there on the field and he is Antonio Brown's coming together. Mike Evans got injured last week. He might be close to hundred um, percent, but Ronald Jones, uh, you have uh, Leonard Fournette, you have uh, th- this team offense. It's a battle of offense. It seems like, uh, with pretty solid defenses too, both sides, uh, both teams. Uh, but I just think because of Tom, what Tom Brady is, and New Orleans, Drew Brees, that bad and the bad playoff luck. I want to say that this is his year. This is his year to get things done. But the eleven ribs fractured. He's got to be dealing with some type of pain, um, or at least you know restrict that mobility, ball strength, um, uh, arm strength. So. I think I'm going to roll with the five seed Tampa Bay on this one. Um, as weird as it sounds, wow. but it just, I know it's, it, it, this one is, it's just because it's, it's just because Brady, the Brady bunch is just going to roll out there. And, uh, and I don't, man, this one, I uh, mean, the, all these games, this might be our best slate of games. I, I think we've had in a while. And yeah, it's just going to be a great weekend of football. This just, yeah, this, you could just feel the, presence of this of this game and i mean this this for me right here these games divisional round conference champions are better than the super bowl for me it's just so many unless you have a team unless your team is in wild the, super card. Bowl. the wild card wild too? super super wild card oh yeah seven games yeah national yeah. championship it, without a doubt yeah that stuff yeah that that stuff is awesome and sometimes the super bowl just gets blown up too much where it's not even the game anymore you, you you know you forget it's the halftime performance the commercials etc but uh casual yeah yeah that's true that's true um <laughs> but yeah so i think this is gonna be so fun but i'm rolling i guess i'm rolling bucks i think that's, that's we both i think we all 
We agreed on the yeah, Packers we, game, right? We agreed on Packers. No, I, I had the Rams. You're taking Rams? I had the, I'm taking the Rams. We, the we outright? To every, yes, full send, outright. Why not? <laughs> okay. all, road, all road teams except the Saints. I, I have the opposite of you. I am picking uh, every single game the opposite. So, Dang. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I'm going against who I want, though. I want the Rams to win. I want Baltimore to win. Actually, that one's kind of a toss-up. I, yeah, I'll be happy either way. I kind of want Cleveland yeah. to win, and then I want the Saints to win just because Drew Brees. I, it's almost that Philip Rivers kind of feeling where, you know, you, you're rooting for the guy. You, you know, Drew Brees is a legend. Yeah. Philip Rivers is going to go down as a legend, and they just, he's been so close. But it, we've seen it as if you're an Anaheim Ducks fan, Corey Perry and Getzloff were together for for you know it seemed like they were going to get that second round at it and it just they were so close so close so close it never happened and this happens a lot um with i mean if you look at chris paul too in the nba blake griffin it's like they were so so close um but those damn clippers but but uh <laughs> so it, it just man sports are brutal sometimes and tom brady has been able to chase outrun father time like no other uh and I mean, the, the, yeah, this this is wild. So, yeah, what a, what a, what a time. Yeah, this is going to be a great weekend of football. I cannot wait. Um, without a great weekend of football, though, we'd be talking about uh, coaching hires, and that's what we're going to do right now. Um, Urban Meyer to the Jags. We're going to do a grade them for each. We're going to give out a letter grade for each of the hirings and go through this and then go through the remaining openings and see seeing who is the best fit. Um, Urban Meyer though, Jags blockbuster um, deal for him. They, they have the number one pick in the NFL draft. And he said that was a huge part of him signing there. Um, Corey, what would you grade this signing? You know, so Urban Meyer just you know he's got that reputation where wherever he goes he's gonna get, he's gonna get a ring with Florida Ohio State and so you know but that's the college game and you know the NFL game is so much different um, some some coaches they translate well some others don't um, so you know that this is an interesting one um, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised that Urban Meyer went to Jacksonville you thought maybe he'd go to a more stable you know program or a more promising than just the number one pick because like we saw with Joe Burrow, we've seen so many players, you can have the number one pick, but you're still going to only win two games next year. So, and Urban Meyer's health is still up in the air. You know, he struggled with his health in Florida. Uh, and then he um, struggled with his health too, a little bit in Ohio State, stress levels, all that stuff. And I believe he, I think, I think he passed out or, or some type of, I don't know. I don't think it was a full a heart attack that he had in Florida. I have to look that up, but he did have some health problems with the stress that was building up. So this seems like a stressful situation to go into in Jacksonville, whether you get Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or whoever it might be still, you got, it's a lot of work to go uh, with Jags. The Jags got one win week one and they decided that was, they're happy with that. And they lost all the rest of the games of the year that they need a lot of help. Um, so I thought I would have liked him to, you know, maybe like a charger situation where, where they got more, they have more things to go with, um, and he can he can you know ride off into the sunset easier in that way. But he got a hard one, and uh, I'm gonna go just because of where he's been, what he's done. I think it's a higher, and but 
it's just that's there's a lot there's a lot to fix there's a lot to fix same with the jets uh there's a lot to fix yeah what what are your thoughts on the urban meyer hire i'm gonna go with the b minus and the reason i say that is because i mean college coaching and uh, nfl coaching are a little bit different and the guys you want to pick and have on your team that's not always going to be the case uh urban urban meyer is a great recruiter and a great champion. I don't know how he's going to be as a GM, and I don't know how he's going to be as uh, getting used to losing because he's going to have to play Tennessee twice a year, Indiana or Indianapolis and Phillip Rivers twice a year, uh, Deshaun Watson twice a year. Um, he's going to have to face some tough teams, and like he's going to have to get used to losing at first. And I don't know how he's going to handle that um, with his health. So I'm I don't know if it's a long term hire. Uh, I don't know if it sounds like it. It could be. I'm going to give it two or three years before um, either he pulls the plug or the Jags pull the plug, but I'm going to say B minus. I think it's a, I think it's great to draw University of Florida fans in. And I think once Trevor Lawrence gets, gets picked for the first, uh, first round of the NFL or first pick in the NFL draft, I think it's a good way for, uh, to pull Clemson fans down to Florida for, some NFL games. I think it's a good marketing tool, but I don't think it's, I don't know if it's long-term necessarily the right football move. Um, but yeah, hopefully it does work because he's going to have to pick his quarterback of the future and they're going to have to be blockbuster next year. And that's, that's something that they're not used to being in uh, that position rather. So yeah, that that is very true. I I did a poll on uh on our on the Dagger Instagram to see who if people thought he'd be a success in the NFL or not. For some reason, it's not on here. the The most recent one I have was uh sixty seven percent of people our followers thought Lamelo Ball is going to be a better uh, NBA talent than than Lonzo, his brother. So, but I don't know. I'll try to find that. But I did a poll on that to see what what our viewer what our followers thought um, on Instagram, but. Um, all right i think it was trending towards no that people thought no on that one so if i find it out i can give it a little update but it's it's an interesting hire and it was kind of rumored and teased a little bit this might happen and boom so we we got it now in jacksonville but yeah back to florida for for urban meyer yeah yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be something um all right robert sala for um the uh new york jets former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Corey, what do you got? So, you know, if we talk about the Jags have a lot of work to do, the Jets have probably even more stuff to do. They have some pieces in there, but um, I think they could still, I think that the, the Jets can still work with Darnold. Um, so in the draft, the high draft pick, I put the second draft pick um, overall. So I, I really like, do like the hire though. He was a guy that that really amped up with the Niners. You love his energy. Um, you you love the just the tenacity of football that that, that he possesses. So I, I think you know I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with a B higher though, just because of it doesn't have the rings or the or the the championships as far as a head coach to to support that. But he had he led one hell of a defense. Um, what for the Niners. And, and so they they got hit with a lot of injuries this year, but I think with the Jets, this did seem like 
you know, he was, he, it seemed like he was destined to become a head coach at some point. Um, but so I just, I feel kind of bad for him just going to the Jets. It's tough. That's a tough, that's a tough spot to go to. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. About I, I actually love this move. And I, it's one of my favorite coaching hires and I kind of wish the Chargers gave him an interview. It's a, I, I'm going to give this name minus. Um, okay. He's an intense defensive minded guy and the Jets need somebody who's intense because it's the opposite of Adam Gase. They need somebody who is who can fire you up, put a spark in you, and just absolutely run you through a wall because this is what Robert Sala can do, and he was there when uh, the Niners went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And there's a reason why they haven't been a, a complete nightmare. Like, they've had some bad seasons over the past few seasons, but – they haven't been a complete nightmare, and I think that's very, very key um, for Salah. And I think he, I think he's going to be a very, very good acquisition for the Jets. And I, I hope this doesn't blow up in their face because I won succeed so badly, and I think he will. And this is a, I like this is someone that. Um, is going to be a leader of men. I think he can do do this, and I, I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be the right fit for this Jets team. I think he'll be there for longer than we think. So A minus. There you go. I like. It. I'm really rooting for the guy too. I think it's. I hope. I really do hope it works out. But it might be a position. I mean, he can only go up from Adam Gase. I think Adam Gase hadn't had his problems from the beginning, um, and so, but. Yeah, I think it just it might be one of the situations where the program or the, the the team is is working against what the head coach can even accomplish. So, oh, it's going to be a lot to to figure to fix. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, let's go over our remaining uh, some of the remaining teams that are looking for a head coach. Still, uh, obviously, the Chargers are looking. Um, probably going to get Dable as their head coach, uh, the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Um, Eric Bieniemy is um, – oh, shoot, we forgot. Um, we forgot oh, the Atlanta Smith. Falcons job. Yeah, Arthur, Smith. Arthur Smith, yeah. Whoopsies. All right. Great letter grade for him. What do you, what, what do you grade that higher for uh, the Jets? Not the Jets, the Falcons. Falcons, yeah. Um, I'm going to go – so with Arthur Smith – he did a lot for the Tennessee offense and kind of pretty much saved uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill's career in that, in that sense. Um, and coming from Miami, no one really knew what, what he was going to be capable of. And boom, he was kind of able to recharge Ryan Tannehill's career. And, you know, what we saw what happened with Derrick Henry this year and AJ Brown balled out. Um, they, they've got, you know, Derrick Henry, is just such an unreal talent. It seems like, Almost any coach could could get that out of him, but um, shout out to Arthur Smith though for for getting this job. You know, I this is probably the one I I know the least about as far. So, and going to the Falcons, it just the Falcons were just they they had those pieces. I mean, they they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, uh, up twenty three or the the infamous score that lives you know on Twitter forever that uh, it, and and you know against the Patriots they blew that one and it seems like Matt Ryan and the Falcons have just been on a downward spiral since then. So I hope Arthur Smith's a guy that can get this back. Um, so I want to say, I think 
weird fact about him, I think his dad was the co-founder of FedEx too. So kind of a random stat I saw on Bleacher Report today uh, for Arthur Smith. So um, I think this is the most low, pro- low profile one though. I think if you throw out the name Arthur Smith, not too many guys or people are going to know about that. Um, and then, so he's going to have a chance though in Atlanta to make a big move. Um, and so as far as grading, I would say, I'm just going to go see, just see average on this one. I think it's not a huge spark. It's not a huge splash of a hire, uh, but I think maybe that's what the Falcons need. Just need some stability and, and just to get rid of these blowing all these big time leads that they've done the last couple of years now, two, three years now. Yeah, I'm going to go with the C plus too. I think um, I think they needed to get um, Eric Bieniemy if they were looking for an offensive-minded uh, high coach. Um, Brian Dable is also available too. I just, I mean, like Arthur Smith's going to eventually have to pick another quarterback, and 36-year-old Matt Ryan isn't really the future of the Falcons. Um, their defense isn't really that great either. Um, they really have to improve on that side of the ball. Um, but Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley are great weapons to work with. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's going to be – we'll see how uh, back in gear Todd Gurley gets as a running back in the NFL. Cause I think he can – I think he still has a couple of years left before he's completely fallen off. But um, it just sucks that he didn't, it didn't work out – it didn't work out for him at the Rams. Um uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to go over some of the remaining hires as well. Uh, or some of the remaining teams looking for hires as well. The Chargers are looking for, um, yeah, Matt, Brian Dable or Eric B, uh, Eric B. Um, who else? The Texans are looking for a head coach as well. Um, Lions, Eagles, and who else? There's some other ones as well. That may have been it, actually. Texans, you said Texans. Texans, Lions, Eagles, Chargers. Chargers. Jets have covered, Jags good. Uh, Eagles still up there. You said Eagles. Uh, I think that's it, yeah. Hopefully that's it. I want to fire myself. So <laughs> I don't want yeah, to, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be – that's that, those uh, remaining head coaching jobs will be intriguing for sure. But let's move on to uh, – we're going to go over some Judd Fish news. He was hired by the University of Arizona um, as their football coach. He is um, – he was the New England Patriots former quarterback coach, uh, helped out Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham this past year. And uh, he interviewed for the job actually when uh, the U of A was actually looking at someone. So um, he wants to become a college head coach. That's his, that's his end goal. Um, he really wants to build a program in Arizona. And I think he can do that. Um, He's really gone around and hired some U of A alum. Uh, Chuck Cecil, one of those guys, um, back with the staff. But, I mean, it's going to be really fun to see. Um, It's really going to bring the fan base together. And I think this is what everybody wants to see is uh, Judd Fish at the helm and 
um, the guy in charge with bringing everybody close together. And I think everyone can agree how uh, the hiring process was a little bit um, unorthodox, but I mean, um, you know, natural reaction from alumni. So um, Corey, what do you think about the hire and uh, some of the assistants brought in? Yeah, I know. We, so we had that podcast where we brought Taylor on. Shout out to Taylor. Um, and we talked about all of our hires that we thought. And Jed Fish, you know, wasn't – he had no buzz around him. I don't even think he was on the board for, for most people uh, or most media covering, covering this uh, – the, the hire, the Kevin Sullivan fire and, you know, who's going to fill a spot. And so I remember when you called me and you – I think you FaceTimed me. I, I think I called back and I was like, wait, Jed Fish? Like, where did this guy come from? You know, where is he at now? Like, this, he totally came out of left field. And there were some reports about that Dave Hickey might have gotten kind of hurled over by uh, U of A President Robbins. And, um, and so there's a little bit of that going on where we don't really know how the hire was made or, you know, why he was so uh, came coming out of left field for this, for this. So I was just kind of like, wait, is this actually happening? Like, um, and so that was my initial thoughts. And like, dang, he's got a lot to prove. He's got, you know, inheriting a team that just lost 70 to seven to their in-state rivals nowhere close to being anywhere in the in the top 25 rankings let alone pac 12 you know title title hopes and and national football hopes are just you know almost out the door so it's a it's a t- he he went into a hole and then this guy that was kind of out, out of left field very little uh u of a ties but I'm, i must say though that that jed fish has made some really you know has really uh grown on me over the last couple a couple weeks and just just by it, it you know the stuff that he said but then the stuff that he's also doing and and just the 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 hires that he's brought on and kind of being this outsider guy coming to tucson um with like I, you know you brought up the um that his daughter goes there to u of a so he's got that t- tie right there but he just i think he's he's almost hired the perfect cast it seems like the the perfect coaching staff um and just a sprinkle of alumni and just great college college football players and uh just some great coaching legends and and don brown the michigan uh former michigan coach with you know dr blitz is his nickname and that's kind of the u the u of a desert swarms stuff we were talking about we just thought it would be a different coach maybe brett brennan um or you know a whole other list of people that were there so I'm I'm right now I'm thinking this is an A plus hire or as good as it gets. And I'm I'm just I love that, you know, when you see somebody that has been to a lot of through a lot of different jobs in the NFL and college, you think that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. And it it's turning to be a good thing that he it seemed like Jed Fish he he had a plan because he hired these guys so quickly. Um and he, he had a plan. He he's he's really embracing uh the U of A lifestyle, Tucson. Um, he had an interview with Colin Cowherd and he was, you know, I could see the U of a uh, football field in the background. And he really just seems genuinely hyped up for this spot. And, you know, he's talking the talk, walking the walk. And I'm just, I'm really, really excited about this. And he's a great hire. He's a great um, follow on Twitter too, by the way, if you, he drops these little messages on what he's going to be doing next or who he's hiring next. And he's interacting with coaches on Twitter and he's interacting with his players He's gotten some great people to come back to U of A from that enter the transfer portal. So I think just A plus all around with his, his staff, uh, what, you know, the people that he got back from the transfer portal 
and the way that he's kind of kind of brought in that Tucson lifestyle. And in, I think Tucson has accepted him back as well. It seems like, you know, that's kind of the consensus right now. A lot of people are liking the hire so far. Yeah. And he is, I mean, yeah, we, he also did mention too that his, uh, his daughter goes to, um, goes to the U of A as well. So that was also a big reason why he got hired. Um, like they need to restore pride. Um, U of A needs to restore yeah. pride and, uh, Jed Fish's hashtag this year is it's, it's personal. Um, he's been saying that as a motto, as something they live by, something that's they're going to take into this year. And it's really going to be, um, it's really going to be interesting to see how the team responds because, uh, coming off of a 77 loss to ASU, that will never happen again in, uh, hopefully school history, hopefully not, but coming off of a loss that bad, um, really makes you want to ha- make it personal and, and you know build relationships and stuff like that. And I think Jed Fish's goal, ultimate goal, like in the long run, is to prepare these guys for the NFL. I mean, Jed Fish has a lot of connections to the NFL, and people don't realize that. Like he has connections with some of the greatest coaches in the NFL, like Pete Carroll, Thank Bill you. Belichick. Um, just off the top of my head, like he was with Sean McVay as McVay, well. Yeah. Um, so he has some really decent connections on all, almost all four corners of the United States. I mean, shoot, like who wouldn't want to go play for um, the Rams in that culture, Sean McVay? I mean, who wouldn't want to go play for Pete Carroll? Who wouldn't want to go play for Bill Belichick? I mean, um, just stuff like that. Like it's going to be very, very intriguing to see how these guys want to respond to not only get to their ultimate goal, which is the NFL, but um, hopefully some bowl games for Arizona down the road. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a really rough year or two for um, Judd Fish, but um, year three, year four, like this is where things need to start kicking in. And, you know, this is where they need to bring guys on that's that are uh, in their wheelhouse. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does to re- restore pride and, uh, at the U of A. And one thing he's going to have to learn is uh, he needs to bring everybody in from the state because B. John Robinson down at Texas is uh, doing pretty good. True freshman, <laughs> pulled straight from Tucson. Uh, South Point Catholic kids are no joke when it comes to football. So, um, yeah, pulling, pulling kids straight from Tucson to go to Texas is uh, not going to, it shouldn't happen anymore. I mean, like having kids leave for the Big Ten and Big Twelve and SEC, like ACC as well, that that shouldn't happen in the state of Arizona. So they need to go and get their guys and really, really bring them in and make it feel like home for them. Yeah, I think I think looking back on it, you know, one of the re- biggest reasons why the Kevin Sumlin hire was a disaster because Kevin Sumlin kind of came in as this, this hot shot guy that you know, it, you know, credit to him for what he's done, but you know, he came in and was you know kind of the savior of the program you know type feeling and uh and he said you know basically he was taking that texas a&m style and putting it into tucson and it just you know it was my way or the highway kind of feel and it just it did not work at all you know clearly and it, it seemed like this was kind of like every man for themselves uh type of feel and, and on especially this last year and so you know and even guys opting out of the season during the season so it just seemed like there was no unity on the team. And it was kind of like Kevin Sumlin's like, this is the way I coach. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, 
it doesn't work. And uh, that it just brutally did not work for Kevin Sumlin. And Jed Fish is completely different where he's coming in and he's r- realizing that he's a bit of an outsider, you know, new head coach, uh, you know, just in general. And um, he's, he's getting advice from alumni. He sat down with Teddy Bruschi, one of the U of I, U of A legends. Um, and, and he, he learned, he's learning from coaches that are there. He's learning from coaches that, uh, you know, from great coaches that you're talking about in the NFL and U of A alumni, he's bringing them on to their coaching staff. So he's just textbook right now and, um, and really, really love what he's doing. So huge shout out. And I'm probably the most excited I've been in the last, you know, you know, ever since I became, uh, decided to go to U of A, probably the most excited I've been about the, the program. So it's been awesome. Definitely. Uh, switching programs now in the same school, um, Sean Miller and the Arizona Wildcats basketball team will not be participating in the, in the postseason this year. Uh, they self banned themselves. I'm pretty sure they gave themselves a postseason ban for one year. Uh, for the handling of the investigation uh, ongoing with the NCAA, Corey, what does this say about uh, not only Sean Miller but the but the rest of the program at Arizona? Oh man, this is uh, so. I feel like I've kind of been on this for a little bit now, but with with all the scandals and you know the FBI investigations and you know uh, just coaches actually being fired at U of A. Um, man, I just, I think it, I think it's time for Miller to move on and, you know, me either, I think fired might be too harshly of a word, but just, you know, mutually decide to part ways. It seems like might be the best option. Um, which is, it's just crazy to think because Sean Miller has had so much success at U of A hasn't had that national championship success. He's been so close, uh, you know, and, getting to elite eights, but not the final four and not the championship. And so, but he's had some, he's, he's been able to recruit like crazy and he's, he's had, he's had a lot of great players, but he's also had a lot of baggage that came in with, you know, possibly allegedly paying DeAndre Aiden over, you know, hundred thousand dollars paying other athletes more money. And it just now got the latest scandal where um, that, you know, U of A is enacting that self ban postseason ban it could have been more from the NCAA. It still might be more. And I, I think Sean Miller is still under investigation by the FBI. I feel like that kind of disip, that, that story kind of floated away after the book Richardson, book Richardson um, fire, or I mean, uh, uh, arrest, getting arrested. So that was just crazy. And Sean Miller claimed that he didn't know what was going on, but he's such a meticulous guy full of detail. And it, it's hard to believe that he had no idea what was going on, but, I just think that there's so much that we don't know that's going on in the program and he hasn't had the championships to, to really back it up. And uh, we do see a bit of it. I do like this team though. I mean, they just, they went to Corvallis and beat up on Oregon state by 30 uh, and we're, we're seeing emerging talent that's coming out uh, of this team, but I don't know. It just, it, it's, it's above my pay grade, I guess, you know, to say, to say what's going on at U of A with, within, behind the walls of the U of A basketball uh, team. But it seems like some shady stuff is going on with the U of A. If, if you're going to self-ban yourself to avoid a bigger punishment, you know, that, that's just my take on it. Yeah, and, um, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see, um, to see what they do. 
with um with the whole investigation because I I mean I I'm not a fan of postseason bans self-imposing at least I mean that just it just slaps yourself on the wrist it doesn't really do anything uh, that's like telling on yourself before mom gets home when you burned up burned up all the cookies in the oven um, that's it's basically what it is I mean I, I'm not a fan of it there's still going to be punishment regardless um, but there's always consequences and this is I mean giving yourself a consequence and then assuming that everything's going to be okay next year is really not the best option but in terms of Miller getting fired I mean like it, it's just not it's just so inevitable at this point I mean we always want to call for a coach's job when they're top in something but it's always like like we what like we're not gonna hire we're gonna we're not gonna fire someone if they're content and stable at their job and I think that I mean if we have a like if we have a year where Miller has a poor recruiting class and disappoints year after year after year I mean who knew who knows it might be as I mean like he might be gone. I mean, like if they don't make the NCAA tournament next year, they might be gone or he might be gone rather because of, I mean, five years without an NCAA tournament appearance. I mean, that's, that's going to be brutal. That's going to be very brutal. I'm just saying like, I, I mean, if he's getting fired, it's not this year. If he's getting, um, I mean, it's, he's, he's due to produce. I mean, if he doesn't produce next year, like it's basically a foregone conclusion and they're gonna have to get like they're gonna have to get recruits and they're gonna have to build off of this team this year because it's basically a wasted year with um some of these guys playing for basically regular season games i mean feels like pick up to them i mean i mean there's no point in having i mean continuing continuing the season i mean it's just it's so inevitable to do something that's I mean, there's, there's no point. I mean, it's great to play basketball. Don't get me wrong. Like we were in a pandemic and, you know, it's great to get back out on the court, but it's just like, come on, like, what are we doing with this postseason ban during a pandemic? Like really? Like, it's just, it's, it, I don't know. It's just so yeah. like, it's just so like beer league. It feels like. Yeah, it just, it's, it makes it's you just so it's it's bush league. Yeah. It's bush yeah. league. So yeah. yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder what was coming though. Like what what was the NCAA gonna announce maybe later this year? Or uh, you know, you know, who knows the timeline on that, but but why they decided to um make that ban and who eventually decided overall that, that would was it was it the president, President Robbins, was it Dave Hickey, was it Sean Miller, was it the players, was it everything you know because I, w- I wish that we could you know un- have a better understanding of what exactly you know why they banned themselves um and so because there's there's probably a lot more of the story we we you could find out or that you could try to find out online um but yeah it's just it's a tough look i mean shout out to the players though for going out and still competing um and and uh and you know playing it like it's a real year but uh yeah just sean miller though it just seems like it's he's kind of on a ticking time bomb with Arizona and it's just I mean he's got some solid teams he's had some solid teams but I just going back to that year with DeAndre Ayton uh, Alonzo Trier just stacked everywhere from uh, veteran guys to to one and done NBA talent and they got blown out by Buffalo 
uh, 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. It was just, I, you know, I put that one on Sean Miller and I, as much as I put it on the players uh, for not being ready and just getting embarrassed by Buffalo. So that was just kind of the start of it for me as questioning Sean Miller. And then it just kind of continued on to here we are this postseason band. And it's just, you know, how great of a coach is Sean Miller, you know, you know, looking back at it, especially postseason. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very tough to say the least to judge that at the end of his run. But who knows? Who knows? But uh, we're going to actually skip as crazy as it sounds. We're going to skip the uh, dagger or no dagger this week. We love that segment. But we're crunch. We're in crunch time when it comes to uh, uploading this uh, podcast with the right amount of memory. So we're going to get straight into uh, our dagger five and uh you know, we're going to pick some games this week for you guys to, um, you know, keep an eye on. So stay tuned for that. Um, here we go. Dagger five Rams Packers. I like the Rams plus six. Um, let's see Ravens and the bills. I like the Ravens plus two and a half against the bills. Um, Let's see, the Browns and the Chiefs. I like the Browns plus 10. And I like the over in that game. I think it's like 54 or 55, something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like that. I expect a shootout. And then my last pick is the uh, Bucks saints I like the Saints minus three. I think this is going to be a great game. Um I expect a lot of fireworks and, uh, you know, a great ending to a great NFL divisional round weekend. So, yeah, Corey, what do you got? Okay, I'm going to I'm, I'm go a little NBA action here. Um, Lakers-Bucks later, later in the week. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to pinpoint. So, we had a, a, ma- a massive trade go on with James Harden getting shipped over to Brooklyn uh for a lot of players going on uh a lot of details there but um so uh, i'm trying to figure out when his first game might be i think if you're looking at uh the the nets next game is they play tomorrow in orlando or against orlando i don't know if he could play that early um but so whatever whatever harden comes back that's going to be my my dagger five right there um but just sticking with the um so I'll go. I'll go four more of the uh, NFL games. Um, we'll go. So I'll Tampa, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. I'll take. I'll take Tampa Bay on that one. And then um, the I'll take Packers, Rams. Uh, I'll take Packers. And then uh, and then Kansas City taking Kansas City and Baltimore. Actually, Buffalo on that one. So and it's kind of it's kind of a tricky dagger five this week because. A lot of NBA action, but um, we also had some hockey back. But um, the NFL games are definitely our uh, our go-to for sure. Yeah, shout out to sports for being back. You gotta love the you gotta love to see that. So yeah, it's always a good time. But dagger of the week. Um, oh man, this is this is a tough one. Um. I'm going to go with the uh, the total opposite of the trend that we've been doing, which is always the last play of the game. I'm going to go with the first play of the game. With the botched snap in the Browns game, oh. 
yeah. in the end zone for the touchdown. That was signature Browns are winning by 60 moment. And mm-hmm. that basically was that basically settled the game. I mean, they spared the Steelers or the Steelers spared them seven points. So yeah, I gotta go with that game. Whatever. First play. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, I mean that was wild. Yeah, I could I definitely agree with that one. That was just, you know, man, what what a way to start off a game for the Browns. Do you look at that first quarter, twenty eight oh was just nuts. Um okay, so I'm going to go college football national championship, Ohio State, Bama, um, Mac Jones uh, to Devontae Smith, 42-yard reception, touchdown right before half um, to make it 35-17, Alabama. And uh, Devontae Smith, like we were talking about, he ended up breaking it, or hurting his hand, didn't even play the second half. He won the offensive MVP of the game. Um, Mac Jones had one heck of a game, five touchdowns just balled out. I, I could argue that Mac Jones should be drafted higher than a lot of people have him at. Uh, he, you know, he played with Jalen Hurts, two and Tagovailoa, two up Tagovailoa. And uh, he's played with a lot of great guys. He, he beat out a five-star recruit this year to get the starting job. Um, and so uh, he's, he, I think he's a lot, I think he could be higher than the late first round or second round. Like he's getting or early second round, like people are predicting Mac Jones, I think is a baller and, um, I think he's going to have a great NFL career. So, but that's my dagger, just a, just a, a true dagger, just to make that comeback just seem almost impossible. And it was only halftime. So shout out to Bama. Uh, maybe one question I have for you, who would win Bama 2020 or LSU 2019? LSU uh, 2019. It's not even so? close. The so? Mac Jones, Mac Jones is a beer belly dude. <laughs> he does. He, he has the biggest. He has the biggest dad body I've ever seen for a quarterback winning a national championship in college. I'm, it's it's insane. It's like five it's touchdowns. Like a reti- it's a retirement body. Who's who in the <laughs> NFL is going to take that? Who yeah. in the NFL is going to take Mac Jones to be their starting quarterback? I don't think New York will. Either New York team. I don't think. Yeah. Like I don't think the Jags are going to take him. I don't think – I mean, who's who's he going to go to? Not going to go to the Lions or the Falcons. Yeah, I, mean, I just – Shoot, it, I mean. I mean, yeah, Alabama doesn't have, you know, a, a real reputation for developing NFL quarterbacks play, you know, to, you know, to say the least. But Mac Jones, though, I mean, if, if, if you're going to – are you going to take a guy that played one game at North Dakota, you know, what North Dakota State – or are you gonna take a guy that, that won the national championship through five? I'm touchdowns? taking the North Dakota State guy. He's no. a <laughs> national champion, and a, I don't care if Mac Jones is too. But <laughs> like Trey Lance is nice. Yeah, he's so nice. Even in the game, I saw him completely stinking. He was not that bad. He <laughs> he Trey Lance is a middle first round pick. Well, I mean. <laughs> they they had a spring season, so he, he's not going to play in the spring and then get drafted that, the the following week after the season. That's just not happening. They already yeah. had a couple of teams in the FCS uh, opt out, so it's just like, what can you do? Mon- the Montana schools and Portland State also. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's all we have. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Stay tuned. I don't know when we're releasing. When we are releasing an episode next, but I mean, 
shoot, you guys need to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, content <laughs> everywhere, you, you know our social media. Find it wherever you can. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy your football, enjoy your three-day weekend if you have that option. I obviously don't since I work on Monday, but it's all good. Uh, take care, guys, and, uh, you know, have a great weekend.